Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in. We're grateful that you're here and we know that your time is valuable. So we really want to try to pack as much value as we can and I cannot wait to get our guest on the show, super blessed to have him in studio for the second time because I botched something the first time, okay? I just feel like we need to say that. All right, give, I appreciate you owning it. Yeah, it's totally me. Uh, and also, I'm actually not too mad because I really like this guest and I like this guy. So, Sheldon, let's talk about his bio and then we'll get him in the show and then we'll go from there. Yes, we have the one and only Sheldon Spears. He's a former security engineer turned entrepreneur and has launched the company 10X Solutions here in Ankeny, Iowa. Welcome to the show, Sheldon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Okay. We got to go back to how did we meet? And then you tell your side, I'll tell my side, and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I was at DMAC uh, here in Ankeny. It's a community college for those of you that aren't familiar. Go Bears. Go Bears. Uh, So I'm sitting there, you know, studying tech, studying cybersecurity, um, and was always like business kind of minded, always wanted to start my own business. Um, and I fell in love with cybersecurity at the same time. And then Philip, so I was a D group or in a D group, I was a C group leader, um, through salt company. Philip at the same church was an elder, um, came and kind of talked to us about, you know, being financially, I don't know, smart, starting your own business, working for yourself. Um, I was like, man, that's kind of cool. And so started talking to Philip. We went out, had coffee. Um, and then from there I was like, dude, I think I'm just going to quit my job. Like I have 4,500 bucks in my savings. Like I think I'm just going to go I'm rich. And I knew nothing about business. Like I didn't even know what like a proposal was or a P and L or even like literally nothing. Um, and like in the most humble way possible, Philip was just like, maybe not yet. <laughs> like go out, learn the industry a little bit more. And so, um, yeah. And then from there we just kind of stayed in touch. That's right. Oh, but yeah, I'd this is, your, wasn't your, your a no. Side. It was a oh, yeah. not right now. Definitely not, not yet. No. And like, I think the first like first for people who don't know what D groups and C groups are, it's basically like a leader of a smaller group of people studying the Bible, studying the Word of God. Yep. Pretty sweet. So Sheldon was doing that. So demonstrated that he had a high capacity for leadership, which you know I geek out about that. So I was giving this speech or little talk to a couple of leaders. And, and I was talking about the talents, like how talents were given and, and you have to be a good steward of your talents. And, and I remember just edifying all of them. First, I think there's a lot of uh, back perspective or like negative condensation to having a community school and having a two-year school. And I just remember edifying them all. Like, what if you're the smartest people in this country <laughs> who are trying to get your education as quickly as possible to go out into the real world? Which a lot of things... and. People who have listened to the show already know that Brian and I have kind of this little chip on our shoulder about a four-year college that you're like, hey, go find your life and go into a lot of debt. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So I remember just edifying them of like, hey, maybe you guys are the smartest people here just doing what you need to do to study what you want to study and get out and do something. Uh, And Sheldon and I connected, and, and that's when we had coffee. 
And I remember that, that faithful day when you were like, I got it. This is it. I'm going to do it. And it wasn't that it was a bad idea. In fact, I saw it was a really good idea. I just didn't want him to go out in the real world and just get backhanded <laughs> and like not make it. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it, there is some kind of confidence that you need to get pretty early mm-hmm. and cash flow is probably king, especially coming out of any college, two year, four year, doesn't matter. Yeah, six year. You just need a W. <laughs> yeah, six year. <laughs> Shout out to my friends. Uh, so you just need some kind of success. And that's what I was like, man, coming out of college a two year, trying to run upstream I could see that that getting really tiresome pretty quick, getting a no after no after no. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not going to be the case. I just thought the, the risks were just too high. Yep. Um, and so what you end up doing after that? Hold on, Brian, anything you want to say? Because I feel like I'm just... No, I echo the, the two-year school thing. I mean, I think, yeah, it does get a bad rap. And um, just heard success story out of success story out of that. And it's fun to have you here and... You know, just getting that out in the open right off the bat, and it's not like a negative or something that's held you back. You know, another thing too, I think we should talk about is because you were dating somebody at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, my current wife, your yes. current wife, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, you were dating somebody, and that was another. I think that another layer, another layer that like yeah. made me think through that of like, hey, like you're going to come out of this, going to start jumping into this business full time or trying to. And you also want to get married because you guys were pretty serious back right. then too. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, dude, like you don't want to do this yet. Like, right. make sure right. you got the comp- like base layer because there's somebody coming flow. with you. It's not like he was alone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you got your cash flow and your base layer, and almost like get your experience from somebody else because you had right. raw talent. Like you had leadership and you had talent, which anybody would eat that up. So. Okay, sorry to take the thunder away from you. No, no, yeah. And so I, I took the advice. Um, and so I, at that time, I was working as a security consultant um, intern at, at a large payments company here in town in Des Moines. Um, and then after that, I got a job uh, working as an application security engineer. And so I took that and then, you know, paid off my student loans, which wasn't very much because it was at DMAC. Um, paid that off and then was just banking, you know, a savings for the time that I was going to, you know, jump yeah. off the cliff. Um, but I was making cold calls in the morning. Yes. So like in the morning before I went into work at like 7am, it was 8am on the East coast. So I could mm-hmm. hit some, hit some companies out there. Um, after work in California, it's two hours before. So at five, it's only three out there. So I'd go home, you know, rip through some dials <laughs> yes. and then at my lunch break, I'd take like an hour. Um, I'd just go park in the parking lot of target and sit there cold call. Um, and then from there, just slowly, but surely started getting clients. Um, and then after that year at D at DHI was the company I was at. Um, spent another about eight months at a different company doing the same thing um, until finally I was able to quit my job and go full time with it. Wow, I love this. I love this because although we, I was like, hey, make sure you do this right. Like, let's get a job at first, but like, don't let's don't lose the end in mind, which mm-hmm. is that you want to start a business. So, what are things that you can do in your current job as you're getting money, yeah. consistent money? What can you do to then forward this? company that you have a passion for. That's exactly what you did. Now, it is going to be a sacrifice, right? Like, I mean, you had basically a full-time job, and I would say another full-time job. I was going to say part-time, but it really wasn't. Like, you're waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, dialing, what would it be? That would be East Coast, Mm -hmm. or 7 o'clock, because that's 8 o'clock there, right? Right, right. And then over lunch, and then after work, which is now, what, so 5 o'clock our time. Coast, yeah. Yeah. Three o'clock 
Pacific time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would have two hours to call people. Like, yeah. And then a lot of what, you know, if you're out there doing cold calls, like don't shy away from Saturday morning either. Cause oh, like most, oh, bu- we'll most, there. most business owners are probably working Saturday mornings at least. And so, yeah, yeah the good there. ones, the yeah, good ones. Do some cold calling Saturday morning. Cause then they're like, man, this guy's cold calling on a Saturday. Like I, yeah. I respect him, you know? So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a cool part of your story is just, um, you know, burning the candle a little bit at both ends and making it work. And, you know, you're courting, you know, this girl who's now your wife. Uh, when did you get engaged in that period in this part of the story? It was about uh, probably eight months after I decided to like, yeah, we got engaged about eight months after I started like really going after the business. Nice. What? Uh, let's talk through this. How many calls do you think you had to make before you got your first yes? So I went 13 months before I got my first actual signed contract. Um, wow. Before I got my first meeting, I made 250 cold calls. Oh, my And uh, I'll tell you what, if like it, when I have kids, there's two things I'm going to make them do. It's manual labor and then cold <laughs> call because that stuff builds character. And like I was just learning to like get rejection and be okay with it, not take it personally and like just keep going. Like I truly think if I didn't make those cold calls, like – the business probably wouldn't be running today. Cause like I would have shied away from like any, you know, rejection or like yeah. rejections. Okay. Like if you get one out of every a hundred people that yeah. you knock on the door, you're doing pretty well. So. Which is like, you know, I think in a lot of the direct mail and marketing campaign, it's like 2%. I mean, you're, yeah. you're hitting two, 3%. You're, you're doing it. Right. And so that mindset, that mindset shift is so different. Yep. You, like, you have to have that view or you're going to go crazy. Yeah, exactly. So. What was the cold call like? Bring hello. What yeah, would you so say? <laughs> so I kind of got it down to to a science. I won't share too much because uh, oh, is that part of your secret sauce? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so, okay, don't do it. But it was just like um, you know, you call you call and then what you call like the gatekeepers so of the secretary, right? Like you can't, you know, I I keep my morals in so I don't just lie and say, hey, I already have a meeting with the business owner. But like, right. try your best to kind of get around that. Um, or you know, if you hit like the sales line, mm-hmm. so like a lot of people have the automated stuff. You just go to sales. Chances are, if the company is under twenty employees, the owners or somebody who's in charge still That's oversees good. sales. So I could go to them, and then you know, I would I would be like with the CFO or like the chief strategy officer or something like that, to where they could actually make those decisions. Versus like you know, if you go to a, a company that has a hundred employees, I might just get to an account executive that can't make those decisions. So. And then you just say, hey, here's my business. This is what I like to do. Yeah, yeah. I would come to them with like a partnership opportunity. Um, so I started off in the main service provider. So I'd go to them and say, hey, here's how you know we can partner. Here's how you can make money. I'd always lead with that. So like you know, providing value first and then asking right. for it second. Um, would just ask to provide the value. And like most people just said no. But mm-hmm. you know, some people said yes. And yeah. So tell us about the first yes. Because that's the best. Those yeah. yeses. <clears throat> so the first yes. Uh, it was with a company. So we met, uh, he seemed like somewhat interested, but I was like, ah, like everybody kind of seems that way. Um, and then about three months later, they emailed us said, Hey, you know, we want to partner, but we'd like for you to do a test on us first. Um, before like we'd refer you to our clients, I think it was like 1500 bucks, but like easily the best 1500 bucks I've oh, ever made sure. in my life. Like oh, it was, was like, I'm yes. rich. Yeah. It was a <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it was awesome. Validation. Yeah. Hard work, proof yeah. of concept for sure. I think, too, the thing that was interesting just hearing how you answered those questions so quickly is most business owners, I would say like smaller business owners, maybe, like don't know their numbers very well. And I think that's one thing we noticed very quickly is like 
if we're asking the business owners for their numbers and they don't want to give their numbers up, it's typically like things aren't going mm. as well as yeah. they thought it would be and they hide from that and then they don't they don't want to dig into the numbers and so mm. I just think it was kudos to you like how quickly you knew your numbers and it's yeah. just so important, you know. Yeah, it is. Numbers are everything. Right. So you get your first yes, which is like cloud nine. Yeah. Proof of concept. So you know it's going to work. You know there's value there. Yep. Where where were you at headspace wise going back to your job? You know, was it in the morning or was it over lunch or was that in the night time? <laughs> that was in the afternoon. Okay. When I got it, so you had yeah. to go back to the old office. Yeah. Yep. But a yep. little bit of uh, uptick in your step. Yeah. Super excited. Yep. Uh, Okay, so then you go back and you have to work. How much longer was it that you worked? Because what we find is you might have a little bit of success, but there comes a point where you like can only take it to the next level if you take this proverbial jump off the cliff or the bridge. Like You have to go all in. There is no like, well, maybe I can... It can only scale so much if, mm-hmm. unless you jump mm-hmm. off. So how much longer were you in that employee role before you jumped. Yeah, so it was 13 months to where I was like working on the side, made the first sale, and then it was another 12 months before I actually made the jump. And in that next 12 months, so mind you, all this is happening like during COVID. Mm. And what we do um, in cybersecurity, it's it's a lot of proactive. So a lot of people like, if there are budget cuts, like our stuff's the first thing to go. And Uh so like during COVID, it was really, really tough, especially being a new business. Mm-hmm. Like I was 21, you know, trying to pitch <laughs> these guys, like, what does this kid know? Um, so yeah. And then we made over those next 12 months, I only made another two sales. Um, but the last one that we made was, was a decent sized one. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like COVID's kind of taken an end. I, I feel really good about it. And right. like you said, you know, if, if you don't take that step, it's, it's, you're just going to kind of keep in that slow, slow, slow cycle and never really go. Um, I was young, you know, not really expenses. And so, yeah, just took it. How was your fiance at that point? Now you're married. Uh, married. Okay. How was she and all that? Good question. Um, she was all for it. I think mainly, so her dad's an entrepreneur and Mm. he started his own concrete company. So like she got to see like from the time he went out on his own and like, um, you know, really hard times, really good times, like mm-hmm. long, long hours working every single Saturday. So she kind of grew up and, and saw that and she was all for it. I think because like we didn't, we didn't have a mortgage, still don't have a mortgage, um, like don't have kids, like no car payments, no student loans. So like it was time to take the risk, kind of we set, okay set ourselves up. Yeah. For the time to take the risk versus, you know, six years from now, that's probably not going to be the case. Um, right. So if there's a time to fail, it's it's when you're young. So yeah. I want you to just give kind of a plug for 10X, like doing penetrative testing and all this stuff. Like talk yeah. about the actual company itself. Because I know that there's a lot of listeners that we have that are small business owners that are like, what what's happening? And so I think that could be yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So 10X Solutions, we're a information security consulting company. So we provide anything from like offensive security solutions, which means we go in and actually find vulnerabilities um, to defensive cybersecurity solutions, which means we go in, we act as like um, kind of your go-to cybersecurity people for anything like compliance, vulnerability remediation, mm. um, like fixing security gaps or, you know, if folks have new compliances that they're trying to meet, um, different things like that. We come in and kind of help them um, and, and augment onto their you know, existing business versus going out and having to, you know, hire like a security engineer because a company of like 15 people can't go out and hire a six figure security engineer or like if they, 
even if they could, they don't want to. Right. Um, so that's where we kind of come in and, and we're kind of that go-to cybersecurity partner for folks um, that aren't, you know, $100 million companies. That's awesome. Okay, I love it. So, okay, let's go back to now we've got, you're jumped in full-time. This is the whole thing. What's the first day look like? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I actually, when I first jumped in, I took a fishing trip with my dad there to kind is. of celebrate. Yeah, yeah I took sure. a six-day-long, like, full fishing trip just Good to kind of let it set in yeah. uh, before I, like, really hit the grindstone. But then, yeah, when I came back, I just kept doing what I was doing just to more volume. So cold calling, I invested in some, like, uh, email marketing and different, like, campaigns and stuff. Um, went out, got an investor. Um which which helped a lot with like the uh, like marketing stuff and having some capital kind of uh-huh. behind me to go out and actually compete with big cybersecurity firms. Um, right. And so yeah, then I just kind of kept doing what I what I had been doing. Right. Let's talk about the investor part of it because I think that's a really good way to grow a business. You can go yeah. debt. You can do it all cash. You can try to investors. So tell us how that worked and how did you pitch that? How did you structure that? All that stuff. Yeah. So before I before I actually quit my job, I reached out to this guy who's like. Um, one of my buddy's dads who I knew he, he was really successful. Um, just growing up in a small town, you kind of hear, you know, who, who has money, who's being successful. And so I'd, you know, heard about what he does and knew he invested a lot, chief revenue officer sales. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, this could be interesting. Um, I, I was going to quit my job either way. Um, but I just told him, you know, here I sent a cold email. I said, you know, back to the numbers thing. I laid out all of my numbers just in bullet points. Um, he wrote back interested. That's it. And so I was like, hey, let's set up a meeting. That's all we needed. That's uh, all we needed. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So he gives me a call on like a Tuesday afternoon and was just talking about it. Um, I laid out everything. Um, I sent him, I created a pitch deck of just like the business plans, you know, what problems I'm trying to solve in 10x, like what's my right. one, three, five year goal? Um, what numbers do I think I can hit? Here's kind of the growth plan of everything, you know, right. put in a really nice, neat deck. Um, and so after that call, sent him, Sent him that, um, and then we had one more call just about it, um, and then came to a deal. Ta-da! Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's how it always goes, but that's... <laughs> it's that's not. It it's not, actually. Yeah, 100%. Right. <laughs> Success rate, deals. Yeah. No, that's super cool. And I think, you know, we tell a lot of um, business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, I think 95% of businesses fail just due to a lack of capital or lack of capitalization, and so... You know that's so critical how you keep the keep the uh, buckets full, so to speak, in that first five years. You know, yep. as you ramp, and it's just a constant reinvestment, and you know, trying to grow your cash base, but also your revenue base and employee base. And well, to so. me, it's kind of like this is. I love analogies, so sorry if you're the first time listening. It's just going to happen. It's like getting yourself a longer runway. Like you have a longer runway to make sure that the hanger is going to get off the runway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so for you, it was probably peace of mind. One, you already jumped, which is probably nice for the investor. So the investor is not like, so I have to invest in this before you'll jump. You know, it's kind of like, mm. right. Yeah. But you were all in and he was just like, all right, I'll give you win for your parachute a little bit. And so you had a longer runway to then start crafting out. What do you want this to be? And, and so it was just you right away. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with the investor, like, I think another thing I'll say about it and encourage other folks is like, don't, don't be so concerned about like how much equity you own in your company. Like, bef- and think about, oh, 10 years mm-hmm. from now, what is this going to cost me? Like, cause the, just kind of the mental fortitude that you get by having that investor and not always being worried about like just, you know, 
being able to kind of pay yourself or like just meet ends, like mm-hmm. having that investment capital allows you to focus on growth instead of focus on just, you know, meeting kind of that bottom dollar of That's whatever that is. So, right. Yeah. You'd much rather have like 80% of 50 to a hundred million than like a hundred percent of <laughs> exactly maybe one million, exactly. you know, exactly. What's his involvement uh, currently now? Yeah, so he's our chief revenue officer. Um, we meet uh, every week, and we probably talk at least every other day, if not every day, um, just about different deals, about the company, how things are going. Um, he comes from a heavy sales background, so mm-hmm. he gives me like a ton of insight on sales. And he's he's been around business his whole life. He's 56, so like he has a lot of experience in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like constant kind of wisdom that I could get. You're just a sponge. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. All right, so then it's you. When is your first employee? And like, what? How did you define what role you needed when you were ready to then take the plunge into that? Let's have two mouths to feed. This is great. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let me. So yeah, we pretty much just put out a job description. Um. And like, I had a few people in in my network that I like to bring on. Mm-hmm. Um. And so. Yeah, reached out to him. He said he would, and so he kind of came on. Another one. Not usually how it happens. <laughs> Not for Sheldon, everybody. The golden touch. So you got you got him. He just said, okay, yeah, we're in. Yep, and then uh, kind of same thing with the other guy. What was um, his role, quickly? Uh, chief technology officer. Okay, um, and then what was your role? Uh, CEO. Okay. Founder, yeah. So really all that means is he handles the security stuff. I handle the sales and business stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously like freed up a lot of time and just, you know, put us on a road for growth. So, right. Okay. So all this is happening. We kind of talked a little bit, you know, pre the call, you're growing your business. Everybody's kind of working from home. It's COVID. You're kind of almost forced into the situation too. Um, You know, now we're coming out of that. You've got a larger organization. How you many know. people are working with you now? Yeah, like there's seven. For you? Yeah, there's seven of us. Okay, um, that's a combined between full time employees, like the investor, and then a couple contractors here and there. So. Right, seven's not bad though. It yeah. means there's business coming in, <laughs> yeah. and it's probably easier now once you hit your first bucket to keep getting deals. Right, like, hey, this is now you're tailoring it down to like this is a specific thing that we're getting good traction with. Let's keep calling those kind of. Oh yeah, companies. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, the market has definitely told us kind of where to go, and we've been able to listen to that and then kind of tailor it in. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, much, much, and just like the infrastructure that we have built out, like you know, with more revenue and more employees comes like better website, better kind of yeah. public presence. You know, right. it looks like we have more experience because I mean, because we do. You know, client logos on the on the website, things like that. So yeah. yeah. Perspective is a big deal. Like if if you could look the part and you know you already have the knowledge. Sometimes it's now I just need to look the part. Right. And then yeah. people are attracted to that. Yeah. It's good. Well and it seems like with where everything is headed digitally, <laughs> doesn't seem like it's gonna let up for the services that you provide and the the vulnerabilities that are out there. Um you want to kind of talk just about where you see the you know Ooh, marketplace heading in terms of, you know, protecting oneself or one's business from, you know, threats? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously everybody's talking about blockchain, right? Uh, we just brought on our first like blockchain client uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I think, I think that's big, but without getting too technical, um, I think, 
you know, two of the biggest things are like cybersecurity awareness for employees. Like you can have all the fancy tools and stuff, but like you click on the wrong email. Yeah. She all goes like down. somebody calls you and, yeah. you know, tries to get your credentials. And if, and if you give those out, like it, it all goes back to the basics. So that's one is just general awareness for a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think supply chain is huge because like, all these companies have these different apps and these different, um, you know, SaaS platforms that have hooks into their organization. So like you don't have to just worry about your cybersecurity. Like if your, uh, vendor XYZ also has, you know, access into all that data. Now your, your kind of threat landscape has just doubled. Or, you know, if you have yeah. six different, you know, vendors that have access into all of your, um, stuff now you have six different companies that you have to you know somewhat you know keep think keep about tabs yeah. On. yeah so i think that's um that's a big thing that i don't think a lot of people have grasped yet is like it's not just your cybersecurity; it's also the companies that have hooks into your organization's cybersecurity. so just a lot of uh vendor vetting hmm. Hmm. that's good really good so what do you see the future of 10x solutions like as you're sitting here looking at the next 10 years, what does it look like for the company? How are you leading that? Yeah, let's start there because I have more questions. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this year um, this year we're building our platform. So 10X IQ, it's, it's a vulnerability management compliance platform that uh, we'd like to bring to the mid-market. There's a lot of tools out there for like enterprises and things um, to do everything through kind of a SaaS portal um, in cybersecurity. So our, our big goal is to get that to market um, and then get that be a really good presence in 2022 going into 2023 mm-hmm. um, and then expand in the markets that we hit. There, there's a few industries that we'd really like to tap into. Um, our goal is to hire three more people this year. Um, and so probably looking at Q3, Q4 to do that. Um, and then in the next 10 years, um, you know, hopefully just, just growing and, and staying on point. For sure. At what point, like, and this is probably something you can't answer, but let's just talk through it. At what point do you feel like you have to let the reins go to then grow to the next level? Have you ever thought through that? Like, thinking about how big the company could get and the need seems to be getting bigger, let's just be honest. At what point do you say to yourself, like, maybe there's somebody else to take us to the next level? Have you ever thought through that kind of thought? Yeah, I've always I've always said... Um you know, I, when I turn 30, so I'm 23 right now, like when I turn 30 is when I'll kind of evaluate if I want to keep mm-hmm. doing this and mm-hmm. keep in the industry mm-hmm. um, and or sell or get out or, you know, continue right. doing it. I think that's kind of the point to where I would like, and obviously that's such a long time away. So like, it's hard for me to, hard for me to tell right now, but I've always right. said like 30 is when I'll evaluate that until 30, I'm just going to keep my head down yeah. and grind and kind of. Try build. try my best, yeah. Just build and try my best not to kind of focus on that too much. But it is fun to sit here and like right. think about the what ifs. You Absolutely, know? <laughs> especially when you have a successful thing going, right? And you're impacting not only your clients, but you're impacting now employees, and you're having leadership things that you now get to pour into, yeah. Uh, which is always something I've seen in you. So I think that's really cool, and I think it's very mature. Just be like, all right, at this point, let's reevaluate. Yep. Not even like having an endpoint, but let's reevaluate. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, the, the, that build part, I mean, is just, there's so many hours that go into it. So I think while I'm 23, I'm young and, and can like put in those kind of crazy hours. I don't think I'll want, like, I, I don't think, I know I don't want to work like this my entire life. So I think that's yeah. why 30 is kind of my, my, okay, let's reevaluate and see where we want to go. That's yeah. Cause your business is uh 24 seven. 
Yeah, threat exactly. watch. I feel like yeah, you know it's nice in our business. The the stock market's only open eighteen percent of the time, <laughs> uh, which you know, especially when it's down, it makes it helpful. <laughs> sure, um, you know that there's it shuts down, but um, you know that is the difference with I think your business and as you kind of related to the blockchain, like the blockchain doesn't sleep either, uh, and so that's kind of a shift. You know, in our business is going from open eighteen hours of you know or eighteen percent of the time to a hundred percent of the time. You know, how do you manage that through weekends, through nights, through, you know, that's kind of, it's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of research. Um, a lot of just, yeah. Communication, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So like for the people who are just tuning in for Sheldon, which I get it, he's amazing. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And I think it is kind of nice just to know like what Uncommon Wealth Partners does. That's the company that Brian and I have started. That's the brand that we've started. And our number one value is that you are your best asset. And like when Sheldon and I talk, I wasn't trying to think of like what Roth IRA can I open up for him? I was thinking more of like, what can we do to invest in the s- skills that you have and the knowledge and the experience that you've had in your past to then get you excited and then level you up? Uh, that's what we do every day. We sit down with people. We try to figure out what their experiences are, what their passions are. Mm-hmm. And we try to put like a roadmap around that to help them get to where they want to go in a quicker manner. Because at the end of the day, if you wake up every morning and you love what you do, chances are you don't really want to stop doing that. Uh, and that's way better than maybe a big 401k account that you are super excited about, but you hate your job every day. So that was a different mindset for us. And every day we get to sit down with our clients, potential clients, and scale their mind of like, no, but how's God uniquely gifted you? And so from the moment I saw Sheldon, I just knew that he had potential and he had a passion, not only just to, to pour into what he's excited about, but to pour into others. And it's, it's shown. Yeah, so like, it's this is so fun to interview him and, and get his story out because his uncommon is amazing uh, and his company is amazing and it's helping a lot of people. And so great job taking the plunge. Great job. Thanks for taking my advice of just, hey, stay strong, get that cash flow, because it is a huge thing. Yeah. But also having the discipline and work ethic to then work in the morning, noon, and then at night for something you're excited about. Uh, and then also leading now a family. you got a wife, uh, and I can't wait to see what all that happens. But you know, kids, hopefully, in the future for you, uh, and also just a successful future for 10X. And you know, I'm going to always be in the sideline cheering you on. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, you know, that speaks a lot to, to you guys. Like you didn't have to give me that advice, like to a 19 year old kid. Right. But you did, you took time out of your day. Um, and so that says a lot about just the uncommon wealth project and it shows that you guys, you know, really stick to that. So right. it's really cool and Appreciate some of the that. best advice I've gotten. That's cool. Awesome. Well, you've been listening to the uncommon life project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Until next time, Sheldon, thanks for being here. Go be uncommon. Thanks everybody. Thanks. Bye. That's all for this episode of the uncommon life project. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.